we live in a world in which politics influence the majority of the major aspects of our reality in most cases it feels like control is given to the few by the many more precisely when it is exercised in a manner that indicates who has the power in society to do certain things of course political power influences many areas of our existence more precisely the areas that matter such as the economy the land on which we live water and its quality and so forth in a world that believes so much in democratic government are we truly in it as per the essence of the definition of democracy i i am personally not a fan of any of the subjects of societal conditioning as per the introduction from the previous episode apart from one condition that focuses on how space is used and why politics in this case is a complex subject precisely for me many who dwell in it grow weary and angry those who choose not to participate or know the smallest details of it and its governance are ignorant and will face dire consequences in the future of course this in particular worsens when you do not have any economic prowess or legs to stand on outside of government intervention apart from their intervention it becomes quite difficult when you do not have enough money to own anything this is the reality of many citizens in many countries including their dependence on debt food stamp government childcare aid and medical assistance in a way one may say that the closer you look at it the more it seems like you are meant to be kept exactly where you are as per the political agenda to serve a specific role and purpose within the particular economic structure you're in however before going any further let us try to understand a few terms i have just brought forth such as politics government and democracy what is politics what is democracy and what does the term government mean how do politics influence the reality in which we live in do we live in a true democratic reality or is it just another illusion sold by the minority what has politics done thus far for the people how far have we come and how does it continue to influence the society we live in stick around as we try to answer these questions and more that may arise but first some housekeeping welcome to the thing peace podcast where i discuss a wide range of topics that aim at questioning reality as we know and believe it to be this is episode 10 and the topic is political conditioning my name is ian m simango before we dive in 
I want to clarify that you as the audience do not need to be familiar with all the details of the topics we will discuss. The presentation will be concise, straight to the point and limit unnecessary jargon. I am committed to providing accurate information about the topics at hand and appreciate your help in ensuring that these presentations are as informative and engaging as possible. In the future, we will provide research literature related to each episode, as well as the references used in the presentation. The goal of this podcast is to foster engaging discussions about the things that we observe and experience. If you enjoy the show and find value in it, consider subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with people you believe will appreciate the content as much as you do. Your support plays a crucial role in maintaining and enabling this podcast to be possible. I hope that you enjoy the show and encourage you to share your thoughts, ask questions and interact with one another. Before answering and addressing the topic at hand, like everyone else, or the majority of people on this planet, I, I am sick and tired. Politics is most certainly a subject I'm not at all familiar with and has chosen to, and rather have chosen to avoid it all my life until the age I was able to vote. Even then, I truly did not know which people to vote for. Then again, the first time you are able to vote, what exactly are you voting for? Well, precisely, when you have seen all your life your service providers failing dismally and purposefully to provide even the most basic needs in our current society. Yes, the internet is necessary and has been one of the agendas being pushed by many nations and was part of a conspiracy theory that COVID-19 came from 5G radiation. Such an absurd conclusion, even so. As an appointed officer of the public, appointed to do a specific, simple task, you're telling me you're going to purposely, intentionally fail to provide basic needs to your citizens. Apart from that, I'm tired of the powers of the West. The coordinators and the so-called supreme economic holders dictating what the rest of the world should and should not do just to fit their economic agenda. And the economic systems set up for us, heavily influenced by the economic system we live in, is by far the most rather horrendous thing a human can experience. To me, it would seem like the more we advance in these aspects, the more tired we seem to get as a race. The more tired you get, the more complacent and less likely you are to exercise your power. Literally, unofficially, the majority shareholders of our world's economic standing were not just tired. They were just comfortable or are just comfortable with our demise. We are just, I wouldn't say complacent, I wouldn't say comfortable either, hence the word tired. We are just tired of the corporate agenda. Many would like to work from home, but they're not allowed because 
Those who own office spaces would like to pay their rent or their bonds or anything else that has to do with office spaces that has nothing to do with us. Of course, I believe COVID-19 or the pandemic has proven that we can actually work from home, but I guess the economy will collapse if we do that now, won't it? A lot of people aren't tired precisely this year. Interest rates hiked. Thus making everything and every price of everything going up for no reason. For no apparent reason but to feel someone's political ego. Food prices are high. Gas prices are high. Rent bonds are high. Living has just... It has just turned into a drag, really. And like I said, the more the majority of the people who hold the majority of the economic powers in every country or in the world at large, the more they get tired or the more we get tired, the more it seems like we're complacent and lazy, the more it seems like we don't want to get anything such as basic housing or going out with some friends and having some fun. We fill ourselves with areas of escapism just so we can get away from the horrendous reality we're facing. It's not that we made this reality. We didn't. We're just participants in it. I believe there's a trend now, uh, precisely in, on TikTok, probably on Instagram as well, where people are now indicating this thing that they call NPCs, and there are people who imitate NPCs as well. NPCs are non-playable characters, of course, in gaming. And there are people who are now simulating themselves as NPCs for the sole purpose of creating content and making money off of it. But when you really look at it in a different perspective, it, it, it kind of seems like everyone is an NPC right now. Not based on your societal conditions or the environment you come from, but when you look in different countries, more modernized countries, the form of escapisms are the same. You wake up, prepare, sit in traffic, go to work, work, get tired by 12 p.m., sit there and pretend like you're working for a couple of hours, go back home. Some go to gym, some do their chores, some fetch, fetch the kids from school or anywhere really. But at the end of the day, for some reason, we all go back sitting at home on our couches, looking at our screens. When we're not looking at the TV screen, we're looking at our mobile phones. When we're not looking at that, we're looking at our laptops or we're looking at our iPads. We even have kids playing with iPads as well. When they're not looking at their iPads, they're looking at TV. When they're not looking at that, they're looking at the something else like your phone. During the weekend, some choose a different form of escapism. Going out clubbing, alcohol, some involve drugs, 
all medicinal herbs, as they would say, uh, weed. But it's still a form of escapism. In a manner of speaking, of course. Some prefer to sit by themselves, read books. Others just prefer, again, to look at their giant TV screen where they just play video games. I'm guilty of that as well in certain areas. Of course, I am still a human being experiencing this horrendous state of our current affairs. So, really, uh, we are tired, but I think we're past tired. We're just realizing that we really don't have to do any of this nonsense that we've been told we need to do. Everyone is complaining that, you know, um, they said that the key to success is education. We went to school, we went, got our degrees, we went and tried to knock on the doors and said, hey, listen, I have the key. And they kept telling us or are telling us that, hey, listen, I know we said we told you that education, a formal education is the key to success, but uh, times have changed. You need a different key. And then we try again, go back, do exactly what they say, get another key. And another key in this state is a bunch of certificates that you get online with practical experience. And now you're just banking on a lot of skills that you probably will not need as you grow older but you do it anyway and you go back and you knock on their door and they just evaluate everything that you have hey listen um i know we said you need skills but all your skills don't align to the formal education you have and even so you don't have 15 years of experience you're just a graduate also, you're very new in a job market. Or maybe you've been unemployed for a long time. Or, what's worse, after getting everything, everything, skills, knowledge, education, connections, everything, you still come up short. The whole notion of end of the year burnout, truly I don't think it's at the end of the year, I think it's probably around the eighth month of the year when people are tired. You only realize it at the end of the year that you know what, I'm actually burned out. It's not supposed to be a normal thing. It's just the culture that we've perpetuated throughout. And we continue to do so because there are things we need to get. We need to get that car. We need to get that house. We need to get that money so that we can take care of our family. We need to get everything. And we need to ensure that we don't just survive. We live as well. We need to make sure that we actually actually live and we to ensure that the things that we do don't just affect us alone but they also affect the kids that we have and we also create a brighter future for them so yeah i get it we are tired and it's not end of the year burnout maybe 
end of corporate burnout. Maybe, just maybe, it's end of working in the office burnout. End of working eight hours a day burnout, five days a week. Truly, the reality also is that when you have a job nine to five or eight to five or whatever your region suggests, um, you don't really work those eight hours. When you wake up, the first thing you think is work. By the time you knock off, the last thing you think about as well is work. If you have a task you did not commit or complete rather at the end of the day, during the process of your rest, you will think about how to actually solve that issue and complete your task. You did not spend eight hours working. You probably spend 12 hours working. It's apparent because the corporate world demands that we take our work home as well. Tragic, really. But moving on, for one, like any other, <laughs> I am as well tired. Now that's out of the way, let's start first with the definition of politics. The definition holds <laughs> many other definitions of what politics means. Of course, I went with the Merriam-Webster dictionary definition that states that politics is the science concerned with winning and holding control over a government. The total complex of relations between people living in society or, my favourite of all, political activities characterised by artful and often dishonest practices. Because truly, what is politics without a little bit of dishonesty and deceit from the people that are intended, or rather from the people that have been placed in power intended to govern? The second word that keeps popping up is, of course, government, which as per the Cambridge Dictionary is an organization that officially manages and controls a country or region, creating laws, collecting taxes, providing public services, and more. By using both words, we can then say that politics is the sense that looks more deeply into the organization that manages and controls regions. These organizations are formed by the people who were appointed by people, and so on. Technically making politics a study of the appointed minority in service of the majority in a given region. Democracy is, of course, a government by the people, for the people. A system of government in which sovereign power is vested in the people while exercising power directly or by elected officials. The three words in layman terms entail that there is an organization of people appointed by the people to serve. The services provided are of course brought forth through the organization by the said people who have appointed them and it is the duty of the government to prioritize those that are important such as basic human needs. 
not those that they dictate are important, such as corruption or bio wars. Which brings us to the conclusion that the purpose of politics is to study the organizations or government that have been appointed by the people in a democratic setting to better find a way to serve the needs of the people. Of course, that is the definition that best fits, which begs the question, are the majority of the people being served by the very people they continue to give power to? Every three to five years, depending on the region in which one lives, elections are held for the government of that country to be placed under a select group of people called political parties. Of course, Every political party, or say individual, has their own agenda they would live or rather like to serve. And in most cases, with the so-called developed nation, they have proven that their primary agenda is to keep other countries down as they eat from tables made of prime jewels and drop their scraps to the rest. That is mostly viewed with respect to international politics and national politics in a way seems to work exactly the same way. Hence why we have the gap that we have in regards to individual economic stances. With that in mind, definitions in check, the current state of affairs in your region in mind, let's think for a minute as to how politics affects us and if these effects are for the greater good of the masses or mainly benefit the giant corporations owned by the minority powers of the economy. Firstly, Politics affects you and me in some significant ways concerning our rights and freedoms, education and healthcare, infrastructure and development, foreign relations and security and more. These areas are areas of concern for the progression of our society in which we live. On paper, politics and the government are there to bring forth a good change concerning those areas for the masses to live comfortably in their respective regions. However, that doesn't seem to be the case for the majority of the people in certain countries. Again, on paper, the needs of the many have a central focus for concern over the needs of the few. This, this is only true on paper. In theory, this is how it's supposed to work in theory. When we look at it objectively, it becomes clear that the needs of the many are not the central focus of our society. In fact, these needs are often scrutinized and questioned before they are implemented. Take for example, the call for free quality education and healthcare. While these are interconnected issues that affect many aspects of human life, such as economics, there are often roadblocks to making them a reality. Imagine if just one of these roadblocks was removed or lowered. Imagine if cooperation between the government and private organizations turned into institutional partnerships that would offer free education to be paid off by the graduates through labor that feeds back into the economy. Imagine if corruption 
was not as rampant as it seems and if capital gains for the private sector and individual public officials were not just the first order of business when they took office. Officially, this may not be the case, but it certainly seems like it is. Free education is possible, but it is being hindered by the politics and the government. Politicians are often more interested in serving the interests of their donors and special interests than they are in serving the needs of the people. The government also plays a role in hindering free education by failing to regulate the cost of college tuition. As a result, tuition costs have skyrocketed in recent years, making it increasingly difficult for people to afford college or university education. Corruption is another major factor that hinders free education. When money is funneled into corrupt officials' pockets instead of being used to fund education, it becomes much harder to provide quality education to everyone. Yes, democracy and politics have served some areas of their roles and purpose in leading our society thus far. They have helped to ensure that governments are accountable to the people and that the voices of the people are heard. However, there are also major points about how it seems as though democracy is failing the poor more than the rich. For example, the poor often have less access to education and healthcare and they are more likely to be unemployed or fall sick. They are also more likely to be victims of crime. They have less representation in government. This is because the political system is often rigged in favor of the rich. The rich have more money to donate to political campaigns and they can afford to lobby politicians. As a result, the policies that are enacted often benefit the rich at the expense of the poor. This is not to say that democracy is a failure. It is the, well, the best form of government that we currently have and it has the potential to create a more just and equitable society however we need to make sure that the political system is truly representative of the people and that the needs of the poor are not ignored as per the definition earlier a democratic nation is a system created by the people for the people it is supposed to serve the needs of the people and ensure that the country thrives even in the future. However, in many cases, it seems like the poor do not have a say in many legislations. This is because they are often underrepresented in government and they do not have the same access to resources as the rich. The current system of politics and government is facing a number of challenges. Some people believe that the system is not effective and that it has failed to meet the people's needs. Others believe that the system is effective but that it has been corrupted by the very people that have been elected in power to run the official government offices. There are a number of questions that we need to ask ourselves about the current system. Is it truly as effective as we may think it is? If so, why has it not really been working for this long? If we do consider it effective, then 
Has it lost its effect because of the people in office? How can persons placed in office be placed under scrutiny and legal bounds to ensure that they perform their duties and serve the interest of the people? If you consider the system to not be effective, then why are we trying to improve it? Isn't it better to change the system in its entirety? Of course, this is not to say that it won't take time. It will. However, if the wheel is definitely broken, why repair it when you risk an accident that result that will definitely result in casualties? We find ourselves asking these questions day in and day out, and more importantly, we ask them when voting season is upon us. What changes are we willing to make to create a just society? Can we pass legislation to make this possible? And who can we trust to represent the majority of the people that are constantly neglected in our societies? As I have said, one question will definitely cascade into many more, and all cannot be answered by one man. But we can surely have a conversation about ensuring that the political conditions of our society commit to creating a just society for all. Thank you for tuning in to this journey of mindful thought and questioning about the politics we find ourselves in. I hope you join us again as we discuss these conditions in more detail. Take care.